0: Next, this month's special series, Focus on Women's and Men's Health, ReachMD examines new developments in the diagnosis and treatment of gender-specific medical
1: issues. You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Your host is Dr. Lawrence Stryker, Assistant Clinical Professor of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Northwestern University Medical School, the Feinberg School of Medicine. Physical therapy for the pelvis, how's it done and how does it help? Today we are joined by Judy Florendo, the Midwest Regional Representative, Section on Women's Health of the American Physical Therapy Association, an expert in the treatment of pelvic disorders. We will be discussing the role of the pelvic physical therapist in the treatment of many gynecologic conditions. Welcome Ms. Florendo. So, chronic pelvic pain, incontinence, dyspareunia. These are reasons that many women see their gynecologists for non-routine visits. And we know that musculoskeletal and myofascial disorders are often the culprits, but the typical gynecologist has absolutely no training in the identification or treatment of such problems. And fortunately, we, we now have physical therapy, pelvic physical therapy, which can be instrumental in treating these disorders. But it's an area that still many physicians are not familiar with. So, can you start by describing what pelvic floor physical therapy is?
0: Sure, Dr. Stryker. Pelvic floor physical therapists basically evaluate and treat both men and women, more often women, with a variety of pelvic floor dysfunctions that are very simplistically broken down into about three categories. And we can break them down into weakness issues, which might incorporate something like urinary incontinence, or pain, would be the second category, and then finally a third, which would be mixed.
1: And what kind of education and training does a pelvic physical therapist have?
0: Currently, physical therapist's general education is a doctorate in physical therapy. And that program can be anywhere from, I would say, probably total five years. And pelvic floor physical therapy now is being much more formalized.
1: So how long of a training program is this? doing specifically the women's health work, the pelvic physical therapy?
0: I would say that you would, in order to get all of the coursework in, you would probably need to do, now mind you, this is going to be more along the lines of a continuing education. This would be done over a period of time, but there are at least three levels of various coursework that you need to do.
1: So this isn't just weeks or months. This could be years of ongoing training and experience for someone to become really competent at this. You know, I think that most physicians are aware that pelvic physical therapists see patients with pelvic pain or incontinence, but could you list some of the other conditions that you treat?
0: Sure. We do treat women that have dyspareunia, and that may incorporate also including vulvodynia, vulvar vestibulitis. We also see women that have pregnancy-related musculoskeletal issues, and pelvic organ prolapse that can result from some of these weakness conditions in the pelvic floor. We also do treat men that have prostate issues, either nonbacterial prostatitis, inflammation and pain, or post-prostatectomy.
1: So walk us through what happens during a typical pelvic physical therapy evaluation.
0: Well, we really begin with a very detailed history. That, I would say, is, is going to give us the most information. Sitting down and just speaking a woman for the first time and getting a sense of what is really going on with her, and listening to this problem that very often women have not been able to have anybody take them seriously if it's a pain issue. The time to diagnosis, even in the case of urinary incontinence, can be six and a half years. So a lot of women are frustrated by the time they come through our door. And by sitting down and asking them about, in the case of pain... What provokes your pain, what relieves your pain, what kinds of medications are you on, what kinds of surgical or other procedures have you had, that is all incorporated. We want to know different things, for instance, about exercise habits and patterns. And in the case of urinary incontinence, we want to know different things about voiding frequency, fluid intake, and many other kinds of problems that feed, or many issues that feed into their problem.
1: You know, you mentioned so many of these patients are frustrated by the time they get to you. Do you find that the majority of patients find their way to you on their own, or are they referred by a physician? They are most often referred by a physician. And what kind of physician, what specialty is most likely to refer to you? ob
0: also urogyne, and neurology, colorectal surgeons, and physiatry.
1: All right, so going back, so after you've taken your detailed history, talk a little bit about your physical exam in terms of evaluating what's going on with the patient.
0: Sure. In the case of pelvic pain, I would be first taking a very good look at the vulvar area, just taking a look at the general tissue quality, if there's erythema, if there's any swelling, any signs of irritation. And beyond that, then, I would begin with an external examination of the muscles palpating around the vulvar area, looking for any tender areas. With an internal examination, we are taking one gloved finger and examining the deeper pelvic structures, the, the deeper pelvic floor muscles, and looking for areas of tenderness again, trigger points and tender points, and really getting a sense of what the pelvic floor muscles are doing in terms of contraction.
1: So this is really very much hands-on work, which I bet a lot of patients aren't expecting necessarily.
0: Right. But we do prepare them well in advance. But, you know, we really need to see, are they? do they have good control of their pelvic floor muscles? And control does not necessarily mean just strength. We're looking to see can they contract their muscles, but can they relax their muscles? And that is probably more the issue for somebody that has pelvic pain. They may have some difficulty in relaxation.
1: For those who are just tuning in, welcome to Advances in Women's Health from ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, and I'm speaking with Ms. Judy Florendo. We are discussing the role of the pelvic physical therapists in evaluating and treating gynecologic disorders. So after you've done your very detailed history and your physical exam, do you feel that in most cases by then you pretty much know what's going on, or do you use other modalities as well? Well,
0: we have a pretty good sense of what's going on, but besides looking at doing the internal examination, we really do a very detailed musculoskeletal examination, much along the lines of traditional orthopedic PT, because a lot of that information is used to figure out the problem as well and treatment plan.
1: You know, you mentioned that urogynecologists are among your most frequent referrers. And in fact, I know many urogynecologists even have a pelvic physical therapist in their office. So can you talk specifically about the role of the physical therapist when treating incontinence? We, we always laughed about every woman who's been instructed in the fine art of Dr. Kegel's exercises to prevent or eliminate incontinence. Do they even work? And is there any point in teaching someone to do a, a proper Kegel?
0: Sure. It's very important to realize that there's nothing wrong with Kegel exercises. We're really just looking for muscle hypertrophy, strengthening by contracting a muscle. All by themselves, there's nothing wrong with a Kegel exercise. What research has shown, a study in the early 90s by Bump et al., we realized that women were doing these incorrectly at least 49% of the time. So that points to the fact that we really need to do something besides just telling somebody, here, do a bunch of Kegels. Oh, you just squeeze your pelvic floor. You contract like you're trying to stop the flow of urine or just by giving them a pamphlet and saying, here, read this.
1: Yes. All right, so help us out on that because give us a few pointers. Can we, as non-specialists, if you will, teach someone how to do a, a proper Kegel?
0: Definitely. If you have the luxury of being able to teach somebody with an internal examination, that is so much easier for someone to be able to finally figure out where these muscles are. I mean, if you think about it, you don't really see these muscles. If they work well, you don't think about them. It's not like you can see your quad contracting. It can be very difficult to figure this out. So you do use a lot of verbal cues like trying to stop the flow of urine or holding back the passage of gas. All of that is useful. But nothing really takes the place of somebody being able to feel what's going on with pressure from a finger or a little cue by doing a quick stretch to the muscle. Also, rehabilitative ultrasound imaging has become very important in the assessment and teaching of pelvic floor muscle
1: contraction. Do you use that in your office? Yes. You can really see what is going on in real time. So basically, you're you're putting your fingers in to the vagina and then watching on ultrasound as a woman contracts?
0: Yeah, it can be either with the finger in or, or out. I might elect to, after I've done part of the evaluation using the rehabilitative ultrasound imaging, I may elect to teach someone then with the finger inside. Then they can see exactly what's going on. And they have a light bulb moment and it's pretty amazing to see. Oh, that's
1: great. I can
0: contract these muscles.
1: So it's not just you looking at the ultrasound. It's the patient. That's really key because we don't do that, of course. When we do an ultrasound in our office, that's for us to look at.
0: You know, we're using it very much in a rehabilitative sense. We're not looking at organs. We're really looking to see what happens when you contract the pelvic floor muscles When there is a partially full bladder, you can see lift, and that's very powerful for a woman to see that lift. You can also, when you have your finger inside, you're able to really give them these other tactile
1: cues that they need. Thanks to Ms. Judy Florenda, who's been our guest. We've been discussing how pelvic physical therapy is instrumental in the treatment of many gynecologic problems. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. Thank you for listening.
0: You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Women's and Men's Health.